two F's that are effing great. Football and food. This is Pigskin and Burnt Ends with Patrick Netherton, part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Hey everyone, we welcome you inside the Pigskin and Burnt Ends Podcast, part of the Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. I'm Patrick Netherton, your host. Uh, find me if you like over on social media at P.T. Netherton, or you can find us at Netherton Show. Uh, apologies for not having a podcast last week. It was a rough week for yours, truly. Got some sort of upper respiratory thing, and it just stuck with me. And as a matter of fact, it's still with me, and this has been 10, 11 days now. I uh, got it Monday of last week, and it is still kind of lingering. We've got a little cough. we got some congestion uh, you know, chest stuff, all of that, kind of the crud. As my dad would say, the Malmutus uh, has got me. So uh, we've had some meds and shots and all that stuff. So hopefully we're on the mend, headed back in the right direction because it's crossover season. And for for me anyway, and for those of us that are the voices of a school, crossover season is pretty wild. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've got a Road trip this weekend, Northwestern State football playing at Texas A&M Commerce, which is northeast of Dallas by about probably 40 or 50 miles. Uh, If you know Dallas at all, I-30 kind of goes up northeast from Dallas to Texarkana and up into Arkansas, uh, and then on into Memphis eventually. Well, I am uh, going to be in Commerce for a football game on Saturday afternoon, and then we are going to stay in Fort Worth, do a little barbecue. You know, we'll get some barbecue in. Apparently, a place that's got some great burn ends called Panther City Barbecue in Fort Worth. We'll obviously talk more about that coming up in uh, on next week's show. But uh, we'll do a little Panther City Barbecue, and then we're all the way out to Lubbock as the Northwestern State basketball team opens up their season against Texas Tech, number 25 in the country, taking on the Red Raiders out in Lubbock on Monday night at 8 o'clock. And then back, got a vote on Tuesday, and then turn around and we've got more. We've got the home opener coming up against my alma mater, Washita Baptist. That'll be on ESPN+. And then we've got another football game on the road against Southeastern Louisiana. Demons are 3-0 and in conference play and trying to potentially win the conference. It'd be pretty crazy uh, to see that happen. But uh, that's all, uh, you know, I'm assuming most of you that are tuned in are uh, wanting to hear a little bit about LSU and what's going on with the Tigers. Obviously, uh, we didn't get to talk after last week's big win against Ole Miss. We had said a couple of weeks ago now, I guess three weeks ago now, that the Florida win would potentially, if the if they found a way to win it, which they did, and that if you find a way to win that, that's potentially a linchpin win. And so it was. You turn around and then you get down quickly against Ole Miss, but then lay it on after that. Uh, one of the things we talked about a lot was Ole Miss had not played anybody. And I think you saw that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, LSU had played some tougher opponents. They had had some, you know, kind of been through the fire, so to speak, so there was no panic when they got down early. Uh, there was no uh, pointing fingers or assigning blame. It was just how do we fix it? And they had been through that before. You know, Florida State was a, a quality opponent to to start with. Mississippi State, a quality opponent. So uh, LSU found a way to get it done. They kind of believed in their process. Jaden Daniels had his best game as a Tiger 
really showed out, and that's what they needed from him. And that's what Brian Kelly kept saying he was capable of, and we just hadn't seen it yet. We'd seen uh, pieces of it, bits of it, flashes of it, but we had not seen a a full display of what Jaden Daniels could do, and he showed it off in uh, in that one. So we'll talk about the upcoming game against Alabama. We'll have a chat with one of our favorite guys, Sports Illustrated uh, reporter, uh, he is really one of the best in the business, Ross Dellinger. He is was actually, when we spoke to him to, um, a couple days ago, he was actually on his way to Baton Rouge to get ready to cover LSU and Alabama. So we'll talk to him about uh, the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, which we'll get into here in just a second. Uh, we'll talk to him about LSU and Alabama, and then kind of the expansion of the playoffs. We'll get into some of that as well looking forward to chatting with Delhi he is he's definitely one of the best there is in the business speaking of the college football playoff uh, i if you listen to my show patrick netherton's show uh, catch it on facebook or you can you can listen to it on our app or online uh, i am a i am such a an opponent i'm so anti preseason polls or early polls uh, I've I've been a long I've said it forever and ever I don't believe that the first poll should come out until mid November I I don't believe that there should be preseason polls I just don't think it matters they don't they don't count for anything nobody cares uh, people care but it's it's just it doesn't mean anything it's just useless conjecture to talk about it well that's the exact reason and the exact way that I feel about the first rankings and really all of the rankings until the last ones of the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. I don't care where they have TCU ranked right now. They're seven. Oh, no, TCU's so underappreciated. And how can you have Ohio State above Michigan and Georgia at three? And, and on and on and on. It's just crazy. But that's, that's the fodder that they hand out. And, and until people start to understand that what the College Football Playoff Selection Committee does in the early going is they feed you a few things to try to make you bite and want to talk about it and, and bring more you know, eyeballs, so to speak, and more people to the conversation. Uh, it's what Tim Brando, when we used to work for Timmy B, he was notorious. His preseason poll would come out, and everyone else would have Alabama number one, and he would have Alabama number four, or number three, or number two, or five, whatever. And it was always, it would rile the Alabama fans up, and they would come after him. And that's that was just to generate controversy. It really had nothing to do with what he actually thought, and where he actually believed that Alabama might finish. He did it to, to generate conversation and controversy. It's exactly what the playoff selection committee is doing right now. Where they put TCU, where they choose to put Ohio State relative to Michigan, uh, Georgia at three. All of this stuff is designed to get people talking about what's going on in the playoffs, even though whatever their rankings are, have absolutely no effect on what's going on in college football right now. Uh, LSU is ranked number 10, and everybody's flipping out. They're above, they're above a bunch of one-loss teams, and they're the highest-ranked two-loss team. And I look at it and go, okay, so ESPN, which is the network that, that you know, puts out the selection show that's kind of in, in bed with the selection committee, uh, ESPN has an Alabama 
LSU matchup this weekend. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if we could, uh, because now everyone uses the college football playoff rankings instead of the AP or the coaches poll. Boy, wouldn't that be neat if we could say that that's a top 10 matchup on Saturday night at 6 o'clock Central Time in Death Valley, blah, blah, blah. And wouldn't you know it, the playoff selection committee gives them just that. So please stop believing that whatever they're talking about matters, that whatever they're doing has any uh, bearing on what's going to happen. We've seen it. Uh, Games still need to be played. Ohio State and Michigan still need to play. The SEC championship's going to happen. Georgia-Tennessee, obviously, is this weekend. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going to work itself out before uh, we get to the rankings that really matter. So don't work yourself up. Don't spend a lot of time and energy worrying about what this rank, these first playoff rankings look like, or next week, or the week after, the final week when they actually set up all the matchups, that's the one you can get worked up about. But until then, no reason to expend a lot of energy on what we're seeing from the playoff selection committee. All right, we're going to talk to uh, Ross Dellinger coming up in just a moment. Sports Illustrated's own. Can't wait to chat with him. Good dude. Uh, We'll get his thoughts on Alabama and LSU that's coming up this weekend. He'll be covering it for SI. And we'll talk about the college football playoff committee, kind of what their game is. And we'll discuss a little bit about playoff expansion. And then at the end, we threw in a little bit about uh, snack cakes because we were just having a discussion on the show that day about Uh, favorite snack cakes, which by the way, I'm a Twinkies guy, love a Twinkie, uh, love a good uh, ding dong, a ho-ho, any of those snack cakes that have the frosting in them. uh, Those are Hostess cupcakes. Those are all A-OK with me. Hey, college football fans, with the season getting going, you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices, especially now that you're getting some of those really, really good matchups down the stretch. We want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know that buying college football tickets online requires trust, and Ticket Smarter has partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner as well. And with the best selection of NCAA football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. And we've got an additional offer for those of you listening right here to the podcast on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Take 5% off of your purchase of $100 or more with the promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off your order of $100 or more. And by the way, that code's not just one time. Use it as many times as you want throughout the season for the best selection of college football seats to the biggest games. Check out the selections and the pricing now with Ticket Smarter. And remember our code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22. Think smarter. Ticket Smarter. And now let's chat with Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger. May also be listening to this on the Pigskin and Burn-Ins podcast. If so, we hope you will uh, tune over to the Patrick Netherton Show. Go follow me on Twitter at PT Netherton. And follow this guy while you're at it. He is one of the best scribes in the business. Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger. You can find him at Ross Dellinger over on Twitter. Uh, Deli, what's up, my friend? Ah, not much. Driving through uh, the great state of Louisiana. Where are you? Where are you headed? Where have you been? What did? What's the? What are the travels taking you? 
Yeah, well, I just landed about an hour ago in New Orleans, uh, and I am headed to Baton Rouge to cover this weekend's game. There you go. A little early to do some other stuff, but I'll be uh, covering the LSU-Alabama game. Well, it makes sense. Uh, you know, I don't know if you knew this, Deli, but that's a top-10 matchup. <laughs> I don't know if you... I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, there's, I, I've said this and uh, you, you will not get me to believe otherwise. So I'm not sure why we're even talking about it, but, uh, that's clearly the committee clearly put LSU at number 10, just for this matchup this weekend as a, as a, you know, slap on the back to, to ESPN, right? Like there's no other reason for them to do that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I was a little surprised. I'll, I'll be honest. I did not expect, uh, LSU to get the in the top ten and be above like five other one loss teams. You know, LSU obviously with two losses and they're above, you know, teams like uh, Illinois and, and North Carolina. Um, uh, you know, teams that I, I did not expect. So uh, your conspiracy theory might be uh, might be accurate. Well, and here's the thing, and this is what we've been talking about today. And I, I, the only thing you'll ever hear me say about the the college football playoff uh, committee rankings before the final ones that actually matter is anybody who gets worked up and up in arms about any of these things, you need to re-examine your priorities because they can really do anything they want, right? TCU at seven or, or uh, Ohio State at a Michigan or whatever. It doesn't matter. None of these actually matter, and they're just doing it to get you riled up and get people talking about it. And, and the fact that people f- fall for the trap and take the bait continues to mystify me. <laughs> It, yeah, um, I uh, I struggle to care about the rankings uh, the first three or four uh, weeks of November. It's it's really hard to really put a lot of stock into it. Um, uh, you know, yesterday, I, I it was uh, it was just kind of frustrating to <laughs> to see the outpouring and the outpouring from a lot of my colleagues in the sports writing world. It's just like. You know what are we doing? Like and and um, you know they they kind of make us like write about it. Sure, Obviously, it it gets attention. Yeah, so kind of have to. But but it's it's frustrating to really care about it. And the only re- the only thing I can say, and I I wrote a little bit about this after the rankings is, you know, the you can look back historically, and the first rankings, you know, will tell you a little bit. It, it, it will tell you some things like. You know, there's a couple of notes. For instance, I think the uh, uh, eight or seven of the eight CFP national champions, so all but one of the national champions, was in the top four in the first ranking. Yeah. So you know, you can you can you read a little bit into it, um, uh, but yeah, it's it's fairly worthless, and uh, it's just there as a kind of a uh, a you know a, a TV show. It's, yeah. it's a it's a weekly. TV show for for ratings and to rile up people and to get buzz and and hey it works so there you go and look as a fictional TV show I mean you 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 know Boo Corrigan is clearly a made up name like that's just <laughs> clearly some man, made up random guy I mean this is like Yellowstone for college football right that's all it is that's right that's right <laughs> it is uh, it, it it is kind of uh, in a lot of ways a fake TV show yeah you know? and. and what they, what they obviously, what they should do is probably have one ranking or at most two uh, ranking shows. Uh, either, either two, you have one before the championship game, 
a conference championship games and then you have one after, obviously, or you just have one after. Uh, and you just pick the teams and you just you slot the teams into bowls and you slot the teams into playoff games. You don't even reveal a top 25. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't – yeah, all, all of it is, is confounding a little bit. And I did the moxie about three or four years ago. Right. You go in, you sit in a room, you sit in the exact same room that in in uh, mm-hmm. in Dallas uh, that uh, they sit. You you sit in their seats and and you pour over a lot of the data and the computers that they use. And you know, I went in thinking, you know, this is a silly way to to pick uh, you know playoff teams, and I came out feeling even more so that this <laughs> is a silly way to pick playoff teams. But this is what we have in college sports, and it's hard to make college sports like the NFL, um, although we're getting closer and closer to that. But, you know, I, I wish I wish college sports would ch- take as much subjectivity out of it um, and, and actually have it be determined on the field like the NFL does with seeding and, and divisional um, uh, standings. Uh, but it's, it's, I understand it's hard to do that in, uh, in college football. And I'll, I'll say um, – the new addition of the playoff, the expanded playoff, mm-hmm. it will it will take a little more subjectivity out of it. Yeah, so, uh, that's good. There'll be more of the deciding it on the field. I've always been of the opinion. I've said this from the beginning that. I would always rather argue who's number four than who's number two. And I'd always rather argue who's number eight than who's number four. And now, obviously, we're skipping all of that. And we're just going to who's number 16 or who's number 12 instead of who's number four. That's always a better argument because you, at that point, you're like, all right, well, there's like four teams that could be number 12. We don't really have an argument. But if you're like, we got three teams that could be number two, now we got a, a dust up to have, and I, the idea of expanding means yes, you're going to end up playing this thing on the field and deciding this thing on the field. If you're number thirteen, hey, you maybe should have done a little better. You could have been number eight. If you were number three, there's not a whole lot more you could have done to be number two. So I love it being twelve. Are you are you a twelve fan, or would you rather it have been eight, ten, sixteen? Where would you like to have settled? Well, I, you know, I, I had always been a 16 fan, um, and then, you know, the 12-team playoff came about, and I started to kind of study it, and then last year, I actually, after every weekend, I kind of did like a mock 12-team playoff, mm-hmm. uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, if the season ended at that point, what the 12-team playoff would look like following the format, and uh, and I started to realize that um, not only was my previous inclination of 16 wrong, um, I, I actually ended up figuring out after doing this every week last year that maybe 12 is, is too much and wrong too. I, I, so I, I don't know. I, I certainly, I'm an eight or 12 guy yeah. and, uh, I, I do, I do think 12, um, will give us a lot more rematches than you'd want to see. Um, I think that's what's going to happen after doing all the mock stuff last year and, and this year. I, I think that that might happen. Too many rematches. Well, but, we're going to. Um, you I know, think but that, that's, that's never, just never. It, it might not be a bad thing. You know, we see that obviously in the NFL all the time. Right, and let's be honest. Even with twelve, at least for the beginning, you're going to have the same four more than likely. 
or the same three of four, you're going to have the same team. I mean, Alabama's still going to show up at the end in a 12-team playoff. You know, Georgia and Ohio State. and I mean, those teams are still going to be there in a 12-team playoff. It's just at least we might have something exciting happen on the way to those last few teams. Well, on the way, and also I'm going to guess that um, it's going to average where the top three seeds on average advance every year to mm-hmm. the semifinals. Um, so you're going to have one team in there probably, I would say, on average every year that's going to have played in a first-round game. Uh, I am just, you know, kind of making that up. I'm just assuming that's what's probably going to happen. So, right. Yeah, you'll have some fun on-campus um, electric environments in those first rounds. And then, you know, you'll probably have uh, one upset every year on average in those quarterfinals. Yeah, and the and the cool thing is, uh, to me, obviously NIL has changed things a lot in terms of recruiting, but it's also – if you're one of those teams that's consistently top 10 but not consistently top 4, right? Now you can make some hay in recruiting and say, "Look, come on, we got now we legitimately have a chance to play for a national championship uh by by us getting put in here at even if we're number 6 or number 8 or whatever, we yeah. legitimately have a shot at a title. Come play for us instead of going and being the third guy in the depth chart at Bama." I it, I think it there's a great chance at leveling the playing field a little bit. Well, yeah, and that is, I think that's probably the main point here is giving access to uh, to virtually everybody. Uh, everybody's got a shot to make it. And right now in college sports, as it's been the case for a long, long time, there are probably, you know, basically all the group of five teams, the 65 teams that start the season knowing we can go undefeated and we might not make the playoffs yeah. compete for a national championship. And that's just not right. Like, Either one of two things has to happen there. Either you you expand the playoff, which obviously they take that option. But the other option would be, you know, group of five splits off on its own and does its own thing. Yeah. Because no no team should start uh, the postseason knowing they have no shot at, at winning a national championship. And I know Cincinnati got in last year. That was a little bit of an anomaly and actually took a lot of things to fall in the right mm-hmm. place for that to happen. And took Cincinnati being – really good and impressive the year before uh, as well, which was really important. So, um, yeah, th- that's the biggest thing is access. It gives everybody a group of five. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I like the, the format where it, it's still very important. These November games will be very important to winning a, a – getting a bye. You know, very because these conference championship games will, be, will still be very important. They'll basically – be kind of like a play-in game almost in a lot of cases uh, into the uh, into the CFP. Do you think at any point they they eliminate the the conference tournament, basically the championship games? Because I I feel like it's for for me. I feel like especially with the SEC or uh, you know some of the other leagues, I feel like it. There's or not SEC. I'd say more ACC, Big Twelve. To me, there's more of a chance that you could knock out a team that might end up having a chance to be to, to get in there as an at-large versus, okay, you know, I just, I feel like the championship games can, can only hurt uh, conferences right before the playoffs. Well, I, I, you know, I really do. I wish they would do away with them um, because I think it would, it would add even more, uh, 
value to the to the regular season and late regular season games where you can lock up a regular season championship mm-hmm. and thus punch, punch your ticket um, to the CFP. However, there is zero shot yeah. in them eliminating conference championship games. And, and there's one big reason why. It, it's money. Cha-ching! Uh, the SEC championship game makes yeah, a ton, makes millions and millions of dollars, just like a lot of the other ones. And the SEC is going to make more, and, and the Big Ten are going to make more than the others. But all of them, I think, to an extent, make a good deal of money on them. Uh, and so for that reason, for TV reasons, uh, I don't see that change in income. Talking to Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. All right, what are you looking forward to? What's what's kind of intriguing you uh, about Alabama LSU this weekend? Well, she's been playing really well. Mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks, they went down to Florida. They, they beat Ole Miss, uh, knocked them off, but not 15. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels, it seems like, in his receivers. Uh, emphasis on receivers, because I think Jaden has been playing pretty well all season. He's had some trouble, I feel like, with the offensive line, uh, and he's had some trouble with his wideouts, dropping, dropping balls. Last time I covered LSU was in that – Florida State game, and they must have had a half a dozen drops, including from their best receiver, who was usually their best receiver, Keishon Butte. But they're all playing. They seem like they're, they've caught a little fire. Um, they've got that connection a little more now. And the defense has been playing pretty solid all year, um, aside from one game against Tennessee. And we're starting to learn that Tennessee is pretty dang good. So, um, on the flip side, uh, Alabama has been exposed. Uh, they barely beat Texas. I was at that game. They couldn't come back to beat Tennessee, um, suffering a loss there. They almost lost to Texas A&M. They allowed 23 straight points against Arkansas. They're averaging almost 12 penalties a game, mm-hmm. uh, like almost 15 penalties a game on the road. Uh, they're undisciplined. They can turn the ball over. Um, and, and they've just – sometimes they have trouble moving the ball. Um uh, Sometimes their receiving core certainly has had a lot of a lot of issues. So there are some holes there. This is not the Alabama team that stayed 2020 that went undefeated and was so dominant. Um, this team's got some holes. So Saturday night, it, it's in Tiger Stadium. It's gonna the weather's gonna be an issue, from what I understand. Windy and rainy. Uh, you know that levels the playing field a little bit. Yeah. So I expect it to be a fourth quarter game. The uh, the other thing that's going on right now in the SEC is we're seeing, obviously, you know, Brian Harson gets let go. John Cohen, uh, former Northwestern State baseball coach, is now the AD at Auburn, moves from Mississippi State. Uh, what do you make of, of kind of the flux and, and the moving that's going on within the SEC? And uh, maybe more to the point, uh, who, other than, you know, for the money, obviously, who wants to step into the morass that is the Auburn Athletic Department right now as the football coach? Well, that's a great question. Uh, it, um, it's certainly been, uh, you know, one of the more fractured uh, uh, programs in the country in the last several years and maybe even going back decades. Auburn has forever had a lot of outside influences from their board and, and their boosters in, in all kind of decisions. And it's, it's um, you know, it's, on poorly at times. It seems like every five years, it's a circus there, and every five years, they compete for a championship or go undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, you know, which shows you the kind of potential that that place has. If everybody's kind of 
rowing in the right direction. So there is potential there. You know, hiring John Cohen, experienced guy, uh, detailed-oriented, passionate, former baseball coach, fiery guy, uh, very hands-on. Um, I would think he's going he's gonna to try his best to wrangle in the boosters and kind of fix uh, what has been a festering problem there, which is the outside influences and narrow down on a coach. Uh, and you hear a lot of Lane Giffen, you, you hear a lot of Hugh Freeze talk, Matt Rule. Those seem to be the names you hear most with the job. But if I know John Cohen and he's going to go out and he's going to do a pretty intensive search. Yeah, it'll be really fascinating, and and I be I don't know Cohen that well. He was the coach at Northwestern before I ever got there, uh, but I've had a chance to meet him and talk to him, and and kind of you know have dinner with him a few times. And he's he's going to be a fascinating guy to watch there. I thought it was also telling that the athletic department made sure to say when they hired him that it was going to be his athletic department. Uh, you know, a nod to them knowing exactly what's been going on at Auburn uh, for the last little while. Um, all right, last thing before I let you go, uh, Deli, I don't know why we got on this, but what's your favorite snack cake? You a, a, a ding-dong, a ho-ho, a, a Twinkie, a Star Crunch, uh, oatmeal cream pie? What do you What do you like to snack on? Uh um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a snacker. I'm not uh, either. Uh, yeah. I'm probably none of those things. If I, I guess I have a gun to my head and I had to pick a, some kind of snack that's similar to those, I would probably pick a moon pie. There you go. And come off the float. Hey, nothing wrong with a good moon pie now. That's, that's, uh, that's very tasty. Uh, brother, have a, uh, have a good one down in Baton Rouge. I hope that it is. Uh, hope the weather holds off, although I know it's supposed to be pretty nasty all over the place on Saturday. So I hope it holds off for you, and I hope y'all get yourself a good game in. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated. Good stuff from Delhi there. Obviously, I'm not much of a, a snacker either, to be honest with you, though I have been just housing the leftover Halloween candy. Uh, my diabetes is, is, is not happy with me right now. Uh, with the amount of ha- Halloween candy that I have been eating the last couple of days. But we're done with it now. It's over with. Halloween's gone. Time to start uh, talking about Thanksgiving. I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. I enjoy that meal. I think it's it's a, a quality time to get together and just uh, have a good good meal, watch some football, have some good family time. I am definitely a big Thanksgiving guy. All right, let's talk about LSU-Alabama. Uh, I think Alabama wins this game. I don't know that they cover. I mean, the last I saw the line was 13 and a half midweek. I don't know that that Alabama necessarily runs away and hides from LSU. I think this is a pretty good LSU team. I think they're better than than we obviously thought they were. Uh, if you told me Alabama won by 14, would I be shocked? No, not really. Uh, I think it's a 10-12 point game when it's all said and done. I think uh, the LSU defense has played very well. I think the LSU offense has played better than expected. And look, if there's one thing that has always given Nick Saban's defenses fits, it is run-pass option quarterbacks, quarterbacks that can get out of the pocket. Uh, you think of the Manzels. You think of all the Hugh Freeze, right, when they were running the hurry-up stuff with the, the read option stuff tagged to it. and the, uh, Also, they would you know, run the RPO game. That's the stuff that gives Saban's defenses fits because they can't be right. 
And Saban is such a big believer in you know having the right defense called and the guys reading their keys and making the plays where they're supposed to make them. But against a, a well-run RPO, you can't be right. Uh, you defend the run, they'll throw it behind you. You, you back up to defend the pass, they're going to run it in front of you. So uh, against a well, well-played well RPO, Saban's defense, is much like a lot of defenses, are uh, pretty susceptible. But even then... You look at what Alabama's done, yeah, they've been vulnerable this year, but they're still winning games, and you know their loss was to arguably the best team in the country this year in Tennessee. So, And that was, by the way, a field goal game. So uh, would not shock me if Alabama wins this game. Would not shock it me if they won by double digits. Would shock me if they won by 20. Uh, I just don't think that it's the, the differential is that great. And I think LSU, because of the win against Florida on the road and then the win against Ole Miss and having had a week off, I think LSU is playing with a lot of confidence right now, and I think they will be just fine uh, against, uh, against the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide. Uh, going to be, could be a rainy night in Death Valley. Uh, Saturday night's always good. ESPN primetime, all of that stuff. But uh, would not be surprised if uh, Alabama does win this by, so we'll just say low double digits, 10 to 12 would be my prediction. Uh, hey guys, with the college football season now underway, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. Did you know that BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely? Well, we want you to go to BetUS.com, that's B-E-T-U-S dot com, and take advantage of an offer we have on with our shows from College Gridiron Coast to Coast. You will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22, that's COAST22. Put $100 in, get an additional $125 to play with. $200 initial deposit, that gets you $250, and so on. Also, BetUS has the NFL, the MLB postseason, and the NBA, as well as almost any sport you can think of or wager on. But we know you're college football fans. We want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at BetUS.com. That's B-E-T-U-S.com. And remember, our 125% match bonus for initial signups with the code COAST22. That's COAST22. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. All right, we appreciate you tuning in to this week's edition of Pigskin and Burn Ends. Apologies, voice is not quite uh, up to snuff. It's, uh, it's been a rough 10, 11 days for your boy here. I've, I've dealt with some upper respiratory stuff, still trying to save the voice for a busy uh, weekend, Saturday night uh, on the road against Texas A&M Commerce, and then the start of basketball season on Monday night down over in Lubbock against Texas Tech. Uh, so it is here, man. Crossover season between... Uh, football and basketball is one of the wildest times. It's a, it's going to be a weird next three weeks for uh, for yours truly, calling a little basketball, calling a little football, kind of mixing everything in together. But we appreciate you sticking with us here. Don't forget to follow and like and subscribe to all of our podcasts all along the Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. We would appreciate it. Go follow me at P.T. Netherton. Uh, or you can find the show at Netherton Show or the Patrick Netherton Show on Facebook. Go give us a like, give us a follow. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Pigskin and Burn Ends. We'll see you next week.